Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Cornering the Market from Collector's Corner. Today is Thursday, February 16th. We are doing your weekly Gen Art recap. This will be out Friday, February 17th. My name is P. You may know me online as at Aston Cloud. And I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Jared, who you may know online as Jared underscore pause. Displayed here is his Twitter account, also the founder of the 8NAP Digital Asset Fund. So if you're looking for digital asset exposure, check him out. How are you doing today, Jared? I'm living the dream, man. Uh, had a lot of traction today with the potential new, or this week with new LPs. So feeling good. Uh, you, like you and I talked about off uh, off camera, putting a plan together, executing on the plan, and it's going really well. That's great to hear. Jared is firing on all cylinders. We are also firing on all cylinders. So we're going to jump into our episode Really quickly, this is my Twitter handle. Uh, folks have asked how you find us. So here it is, Aston Cloud right there. A couple bits of house cleaning. First of all, uh, subscribe to our Substack. We do a weekly newsletter where we add in more stories that we just literally can't fit into these episodes because we try to keep them short. Check it out. People are really enjoying it. Five minutes to keep up with the Gen Art Market all to your inbox. Other bits of house cleaning. This is a video episode. It will be out on the podcast if you prefer to listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, but it'll be on YouTube. And also there are timestamps in these episodes. Folks might not know. It doesn't, it's not always that obvious on YouTube. You got to expand the description and you'll see timestamps so you can jump to the sections that you care the most about. And of course, please like, subscribe, follow. We are at collectors underscore XYZ. You'll see our Twitter handle throughout this. All right, with all that out of the way, let's jump in to the actual episode. We start always with the markets. And right now, Jared, the markets are ripping, even from uh, when we started talking off camera. Um, Bitcoin is up almost to $25,000, up 8.7% this week. Ethereum up over $1,700, 4.1% up on the week. Uh, Tezos is actually down 5%. It's a little bit more of an altcoin, so this happens, but it's at a dollar and sixteen cents. Those are the main ones that folks look at for generative art collecting. And just want to say here, uh, I've been saying for a long time, or at least the past six weeks or so, that I think the bear market is almost over. I think this is certainly that the bear market is over. What that means for gen art is, I think, as people start getting profits, particularly in kind of more risky stuff like altcoins, they're going to rotate into more blue chip gen art. And the reason I say this is based on what I'm hearing. Like, of course, it's not financial advice. Don't know for sure if this will happen, but there are a lot of people talking about taking profits and buying chromie squiggles and other blue chips in the NFT world. So that's what I think will happen. A little bit of hopium. And the other thing I want to note is $25,000, I think is going to be a very, very strong psychological level in Bitcoin. If we can surpass that and hold it, I think people start believing that the worst is behind us, which of course I think so, but this is more of a prediction, not a fact. Let's go over to NFT price floor. We use this website to look at blue chip gen art. So Ethereum based art and looking at the, the top number of sales in the last seven days, uh, actually topping the charts of 61 is brain loops, which is a AI art project. 
61 sales. So that's pretty impressive. We'll save Chromie Squiggles for Jared's update. Mind the Gap by Mont Vitruvius came in at number two with 26. And then uh, Genesis by Braindrops, also a Braindrops collection, came in at number three with 19. So AI art has been really hot. I uh, skipped over Grails 3 here because that is a, a, a group of collections, not just one collection here. Floor price-wise, over the past seven days, again, Genesis by Braindrops up 150%, 16.6. And then Century, the Artblocks curated, is up 92% to a 2.4 Ether floor. I, I believe 6529 just swept through those. I think I've seen it on Discord. And then um, Brain Loops up 91%. So really focused on the AI generative art right now, which is pretty consistent from what we've been seeing. Any uh, notable sales you want to mention, Jared? The, the one thing that I wanted, or two things really that I wanted to point out, and we'll touch on it later with Reticulum, but the Grail sales uh, are largely the generative project. So between Harvey and MP Cause, which I think is obviously a new introduction and dynamic due to um, the Grails 3 and the, the generative sets, it's really intriguing to me that these generative projects are the ones bringing in the sales and volume to, to the Grails brand. So... Uh, really, really interesting and something that I'm tracking pretty closely. The other thing is I just wanted to point out is uh, a notable sale for me is the Cascade Fontana that sold for 5.5 ETH. Uh, again, just we mentioned it on the spaces yesterday for anybody who joined us, but man, there are opportunities out there. And, you know, that is such a gem. It was absolutely beautiful and stunning. 5.5, I think, will age extremely well. So get out there, put in the hard work, could pay off. Yeah, 5.5 was such a good price for that. You and I were both lamenting afterwards that we didn't have the bids. I know, I know you were really close there with a bid. So yeah, that, that was a fantastic grab by whoever got that. I think, uh, you know, for, and for folks who don't know, I mean, Fontana was at a 12 I think at least 11 ether floor, maybe 10, just a few months ago. And it was, uh, Cascades are the rarest type. There's only 50 of them. So 10% of the collection. So th that was a great pick up, pick away, excuse me, pick up. And so just a quick takeaway, we're seeing liquidity in the AI side a little bit in gen art, but mostly it's been down compared to before. How's the Tezos side looking, Jared? Similar to... You know, the ETH side, it's a relatively slow week. One of the things that I've noticed is uh, Zancan seems to be picking up. Maybe it's a confirmation bias. Yeah, I picked up a, a Garden Monolith for the fund this week, OTC, for because the seller wanted uh, USDC in lieu of Tez, which I found interesting. But you can see the KGMs and ABFs really hitting the top 15 in sales. I thought that renewed interest in in some of the non-Genesis projects uh, was of interest. The other thing is top in the charts is um, you go and here I go again. I'm gonna try to to pronounce this in such a way that I don't butcher everything. But Asakia by Richpool and um, Rick Crane. So I think that you know, there's a flurry of buys there too. So that's that was really uh, invigorating to me. And then, uh, but overall. A lot of familiar faces, Studio Yorktown hitting in, Melissa W peeking in in the top 15 with Z Baghetti, which I felt was a very undervalued project, hopefully riding the the coattails of uh, Cosmic Rays. But, you know, overall, just 
splattered all across the place. And, um, you know, going back to Asakia, the, the floor is a little bit interesting to me because they have a fairly monolithic aesthetic and you're starting to see some of the more colorful pieces get picked off. I think you, uh, you know, my favorite palette, um, which is, uh, what is it? CMYK. Literally within eight minutes of being listed at 3000 Tez, it got absolutely sniped. So uh, interesting uh, dynamic there when you're able to, um, you know, start to, to thumb through the collection and a little bit of a spoiler alert, be on the lookout because Collector's Corner will be releasing a podcast on this project, our second FX hash deep dive. Absolute pleasure to uh, to talk to the two gentlemen behind the project. It was so fun, actually. It was, it was one of the most fun I've had on a podcast. So really, really, really uh, excited to have that release. Absolutely. It was a great project, great podcast. And overall, just to put a bow on FX Hash, volumes are still down quite a bit compared to what we've seen before. A lull there, consistent with a lot of the gen art market. Squiggles. How this, my how favorite been? highlight of my week squiggles uh we're at 453 eth in seven day volume a little bit down from 771 but you know there's that big sweep uh last week so 453 feels about average uh I'll, I'll call it normal you know squiggles are still the clear leader in gen art uh, we have a floor price of 14.69 eth it's up slightly from 14.25 last week with 31 sales, uh, it feels, honestly, it feels like there's a uh, good momentum behind it. Um, again, I, I talked about it on the the spaces, but, you know, I'm aware of large entities and funds with capital ready to deploy, and this is one of their main targets. So I feel the momentum is is there in a positive way. The, the big takeaways for the, the week is a little bit of fuzzy love is starting to, to happen again. And what I found really interesting uh, specifically is there was two buys for two color spread 12s, one at 23 right there at the top and one for 20 ETH. So people are jumping the floor to get aesthetically desirable, uh, or at least my opinion, aesthetically de desirable pieces. So it's a really, really cool to see, you know, not only floor pieces for liquidity, but people jumping that. So with the blur airdrop money hitting, I'm curious to see how that affects uh, some of these larger buys. But overall, I'm I'm super uh, super happy with where the the squiggle market is. Yeah, I I think that's a great summary because it lines up a little bit with what I was feeling. That it, it seemed like we started seeing an uptick in squiggle sales, and I know we're looking at the weekly. And the volume hasn't been quite. As, uh, in the past seven days, the volume was not what it was in the prior seven days, but it feels like it's consistently kind of ticking up. So I'm really quite happy to see that because again, this this is our bellwether of the gen art market. I think once you start squig see squiggles start moving, you're going to see a lot of stuff start moving afterwards. The other thing I like to look at are friendship bracelets as a, a signal of liquidity. There were 435 sales last week. And that was down actually pretty decently from about 770 the week prior. And then there was 160 ether in volume, which is down from about 370 ether in volume. Floor price is about 0.34, just roughly holding maybe a little bit stagnant. So 
friendship bracelets have also slowed down a bit as attention has gone elsewhere again, consistent with everything we've been seeing. So we'll continue to monitor this as a sign of liquidity in the market. There's still an early collection. So it's probably not, it's certainly not the bellwether that squiggles are at the moment, but we'll keep an eye on these. All right, GenArt News. Oh, sorry, this one got kind of uh, screwed up here. This was supposed to be a tweet from Snowfro, um, but we'll hop on to the other tweet on the same story, which is about museums acquiring generative art specifically, um, but also NFTs and digital art. So the LA County Museum of Art and Centre Pompidou. So Centre Pompidou is a French museum. In fact, they are so French that everything they write is in French. So I couldn't read actually what <laughs> what they, uh, their announcement was for this, but I did try. Don't know French, unfortunately. But they got some big donations here. So um, the Centre Pompidou, they got 18 projects from 13 different artists, including Autoglyph, a CryptoPunk, a Petro National, and more. Snowfro tweeted about this. So that's really cool to see those donations coming in. And then Cosmo de Medici donated 22 works from their collection to the uh, LA County Museum of Art. And notably, this zombie CryptoPunk, which is, I mean, I don't even know how much that's worth a lot. Not to mention this really rare ringers with a yellow background and some one of one AI art, which is expensive, but I think likely to continue to become expensive as AI starts to heat up. So this was a really big news in our world, the Web3 world, as it feels like some legitimacy from the trad art world. Um, they probably haven't noticed too much yet or not cared, but for everybody listening Web3, it's really exciting for us. Yeah, I mean, I I'm not as familiar with the the center establishment, but one heck of a a, a round. But you know, I, I think that the the punks was donated by by Yuga, and I think uh, you know it's indicative of of the establishment leaning into um, the the legitimacy of it of I'll call it natively digital art. The LACMA in particular, I used to visit a ton. Uh, almost on a weekly basis when I lived in LA and the fact that these pieces will be there. I think it's, you know, it's, it's exciting for us. I also think it's going to be in both cases, very bullish for the space because people are going to be able to look at the pieces. I'll call it more of the, the general public and it will um, hopefully start to stoke curiosity from not only a, a different generation, but also be able to, um, have people ask the question, you know, like, why is that alien punk so expensive? Why is it in a museum? Because I think on the surface, all of us know crypto punk and the the history and the just the, the the fanaticism. I mean, that that's that's a million plus punk, easy, right? Oh, probably even getting closer to two million with the provenance. So, and the ringer is amazing, right? So I, I think that this is going to hopefully open people's eyes up. I don't know if it's going to be um, the, the tipping point per se, but I definitely think it's it's a point that is going to continue the momentum for for adoption. So uh, absolutely bullish on it. And the other thing to to talk about is on the heels of the announcement for LACMA, Snowfro, or at least was announced that Snowfro's last mint to the Chromie Squiggle Mint nine 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 will be donated to the LACMA also. So that's super exciting. 
historically in the last minute, but it will also reside amongst this uh, beautiful collection that Cosimo donated. Yeah, the, it, this is amazing. And to your point, Jared, I think this is going to be death by a thousand cuts where the trad art world will slowly, slowly, you know, it'll happen slowly. And then all of a sudden type of thing is what I anticipate. And that's awesome about the Snowfro donation. Like really, really cool. The next news story I want to talk about is Render's Game launched on Monday. We did a deep dive with Mount Vitruvius. Also had an allow list giveaway as part of that Twitter spaces. So I wanted to highlight this because we launched this on our podcast. Go back and listen to it. It's an amazing collection. He's an amazing artist. Such a great person as well. And just some stats on it. It minted out at 1.5 Ether. The top sale has been about 10 Ether. It's been on fire, over 700 Ether in volume. The floor is currently 2.7 Ether. And there's a lot of really, really good collectors who have been snatching it up even though, even though this is not an art blocks curated drop. What do you think about that, Jared? I I'm invigorated by it. Honestly, I think that is amazing that the market has spoken that amazing art is amazing art and they're going to collect it regardless of the tag. I think it still has the art blocks brand and that's important, but overall, man, I, I think this is very, very, uh, very positive for the space, and it's very positive for for artists, right? It means you can still release great art, and the the collectorship will lean into it, embrace it, and support it. That's right. And looking at this owner list here, we got Von Mises, we got Trill, we have Gareth Vault. Blockbird has eleven. Our friend DeFi got a few as well. Bob Lucas tweeted about this. He's got a couple. So fantastic job! Congrats, MV. And we, we appreciate you being willing to share this. Appreciate you giving away that allow list. I mean, that was 0.25 ether. Now it's a two and a half ether floor. So Dude, a 10x for that moment, lucky winner. Huge moment for our listeners. I mean, like that, that's that, that I mean, that's A automatically in the profit, and then B, you know, a, a ticket to potentially mint something that's uh, above floor. So kudos to you for you know getting the allow list spot with MV much gratitude to MV for allowing us to to do that on the spaces but i mean honestly uh couldn't be a better guy mount vitruvius thank you for everything and uh hopefully our listener was uh was able to mint something really good i haven't actually gone back and checked it i haven't either but you know jared what's what's really special at least to me about this is that listener was new to gen art like they hadn't collected on art blocks before they didn't know what to do so i i hope they had a good experience and i hope that they are becoming converted to the art side of things. But uh, yeah, let's, let's head over to That's some cool. great art at great prices. We've got first one here, Hyperdrive yeah, A-Side. So the, the first one is Hyperdrive B-Side by, or A-Side by Ryan Bell. It's, it's a really interesting project to me because Ryan Bell is a very established uh, artist. I specifically like a lot of his projects on the Tezos platform. But right now, you're seeing a um, 0.37 floor, um, and there's only 200 pieces in this collection. I, I found it very attractive. Full disclosure, the fund owns a few of these. But what's really intriguing is um, for the next week, roughly, maybe it's a little bit less by the time this is published, you're able to input a Tezos address and register via um, pre-mint or your Ethereum wallet for the A side and you just, you get an allow list and a free 
B side. So a lot of value. I always loved, we talked about this early on. Ryan Bell always tries to bring value to, to his collectors and supporters. Uh, you know, just a general casual observation is, you know, 10 sales, it's 0.37 right now, but 10 sales in your at roughly in ETH. Another 10 sales, obviously pending any new listings, and you're roughly at two ETH. And there's some really beautiful pieces, rare pieces, because I'm familiar with the palettes in that realm. So, you know, I I just I love some of these outputs. I think that they're absolutely beautiful. Again, I think this is one that will benefit when screen displays are larger and not just on OpenSea. But obviously, if you're interested in Ryan Bell and his work, opportunity to get the the B-side mint and, uh, you know, the floor's really attainable at this point. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very bullish on this collection. That's right. And it's it's slightly above our $500 great art, great prices uh, as Ether has rallied. But I wanted to just quickly show that these are beautiful works and a lot of them have an optical illusion, which uh, really draws folks in. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead real quick. We'll come back to Translucent Pains. Jared, I wanted to talk about 300 by Flynn's. So this has a 30 Tezos floor. I find this work to be quite beautiful. Uh, do not own these personally. So uh, zero conflict of interest there. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think they're beautiful. And I think if you enjoy them for about 30 bucks, 40 bucks, this is something you could collect and hold on to, uh, this Flynn's is actually a fairly well-known artist. Folks are bullish on them on the FX hash side. Uh, so uh, look, I have no idea if this is going to go up in price, but I think 30 Tez beautiful art. You can't really go wrong there. Yeah. Translucent pains. The last one for great art at great prices 0.1 eth floor pretty thin at that spot but i mean again friend of the the podcast finger codes i know you spent some time with them this is a bright moments collection there's 431 items overall i just think it's beautiful especially when you can get into some of these ones at a higher price point the way they they overlap and the randomness and the i just think that there's a lot of beauty and simplicity in the project and uh, relatively thin on the listings, like most uh, Bright Moments projects. So something to, to look at and consider. I think that, uh, I mean, for 0.1 ETH, really, really good opportunity to own what has the potential to be a really formidable artist in the space. And quite honestly, really, really beautiful art. Completely agree. Let's go on to some upcoming drops. So really quickly, this is our drop calendar. It's on Notion. We link to this. Check it out. It's been super useful for all who have used it, particularly me and Jared. It's like really useful for us. So uh, we'll, we'll link to this in the show notes as well. Uh, but check that out as we pull a lot of drops from there and try to keep track of the market. First one that I want to talk about is Metropolis by MP Cause. So this one's a little bit complicated. The first thing you need to know is that the mint the initial mint is on art blocks on February 22nd, 1 p.m. Eastern. They're going to sell 400 pieces at a Dutch auction. They haven't said what the starting price is, but my guess is this mints out over an ether given MP causes other work. Then a hundred of them will be raffled for an allow list. And that allow list is going to take place after the mints, still on art blocks, still on February 22nd. And the price for that allow list will be the resting Dutch auction price. Okay, so there's 100 allow lists and 20 of them go to Parnassus holders, 20 of them to Tectonics holders, 20 of them to Chimera holders, 20 of them to Crypto Citizen holders, and then 20 are reserved for the artist in the DAO. So that's how you get to your 500 that are minted online. Then 
you can go and get a diptych, so a, a pair for that, but that pair has to be in real life at one of the bright moments locations. So if you see up here on screen, MP Cause talks about how each piece has five distinct, one of five distinct traits representing a specific city, Berlin, New York, London, Mexico City, or Los Angeles, Venice Beach to be exact. And that's where all the bright moments locations are. And so you don't have to physically go there. You can have a delegate go, but somebody has to go there. And it's going to be like a two-week time frame in March in which you would have to go and get your pair. So really interesting mechanic, interesting mixing the in real life with the uh, online and interesting how it is set up with these different cities. And they're really trying to incorporate their you know, their, their little presence that they leave behind after they do their big launches in each city, they being bright moments. So I know that was a lot. Check it out. We'll link to it. But if you're an MP Cause fan, this is kind of, it's a kind of really unique project that's coming out. And we thought it was definitely worth having on your radar. The next one I want to talk about is a district collective, dist collective. Um, they have a launch called Spatial Curvatures. So there's kind of a new exhibition platform called Vertical Crypto Art. They also have an exhibition in real life in London that's going on. Uh, but I wanted to point this one out because I thought it was beautiful and it's pretty cheap. 0.08 ETH, fixed price, 150 of these. It'll mint through the Artblocks engine. And District Collective is a, a good artist. I mean, we know them primarily for their Tezos work, but thought it would be worth highlighting this one as well. The last launch I wanted to talk about, we, we alluded to the fact that we did a podcast with Rick Crane and Rich Poole for Asakia. Here, Rick is doing an open edition that is live to kind of build his collector base. And we wanted to highlight it because Rick is awesome. We love the aesthetic that he has in general. We've, we've seen it in Asakia. And then the other one where the other project folks might be familiar with is Miniscapes, which was also a collaboration with Rich Pool. So, you know, no idea if this is like positive expected value, are you going to make money on this? But we really just like Rick and his aesthetic. So we thought it was worth mentioning this and, and checking it out. So let's go on to a couple artists to highlight. The first artist I want to highlight is Alex Grosser. Um, I'm actually not sure if they are related to Martin Grosser, who is another generative artist, but Alex Grosser came on my radar first with this collection, Roush, that we mentioned recently. And Jared, I'm not sure. Have you, have you seen these? These Roushes? Yeah, it's been uh, at the top of the sales chart. So um, they're very beautiful. I like the variation too within the project. It's uh, it's really, honestly, it, it's captivating. Yeah, extremely varied. You can tell that Alex is a great artist. Uh, we actually picked one up for Collector's Corner. So full disclosure, own one of these. But I wanted to show the animation here because it's it's really fun. I mean, I like with very simple movement or very simple changes, you get this illusion of movement and then they kind of shift and move around and they're pretty unique to your point, Jared. So um, yeah, for like a hundred Tezos, I mean, this could have been one of our great art for great prices. In fact, might be for the newsletter, but wanted to highlight this and this artist because I think that this is great work. You want to talk about Matthias? Yeah, so the, the next artist or art to watch is Matthias Isakin. He's the artist behind Factura. And as P is kind of scrolling on screen, there's some work in progress. So 
you know, I, again, the one that's on screen, I think is absolutely beautiful. It's a departure from that, uh, I'll call it the hard edged factura, but beautiful color integration, you know, a lot softer shapes, but still a lot of incredible texture and depth to, uh, to everything going on. So, you know, I'm, I'm personally super excited about the, the potential drop, uh, this one on screen right now, the, the black and white shape alignment from the, his tweet on February 2nd is beautiful. Um, I'm curious to see where it drops, but it's always fun when, at least from my perspective, artists start leaking out some uh, some previews. So super excited to see where this goes and, and what comes of it and what the final outputs will look like. But something to just keep on your radar. Again, Factor is slipping in price a little bit, becoming more a little, little bit attainable. I think it's tracking more in, in USD rather than ETH terms. But overall, I mean, super, super excited and bullish on Matthias and, and what can come of this. Yes, 100%. I love Factura. We're both holders. Matias hasn't released anything since. And somebody, I don't know if this is public, but somebody mentioned that he might be releasing something soon, which is consistent with Jared's point that he's been posting these images. And so these look absolutely beautiful. Check them out. This is an artist that should be on your radar. Let's talk about some art to watch. First one here is Out Game Flowers. And uh, one of our community members reached out to me about this. We weren't able to, to fit it in earlier. So these are sold out, but they are 165 bouquets, 15 large with audio, 150 small bouquets. They came out on Valentine's Day. And I think it was supposed to be a gift, perhaps, to a significant other. Uh, either way, they're just these like fun, little, beautiful, generative flowers. And as I mentioned, they sold out. Actually, I'm not sure what the mint was, but they're now at a 0.4 wrapped ether. I'm sorry, uh, 0.58 Ether floor. So just something to keep an eye on. This artist, uh, it seems like Jill Magrid, I didn't know them before, but their Guggenheim fellow has had solo exhibitions in the trout art world. So it was great to see some crossover there. Seems like a very, very well-known artist in the trout art world. So wanted to highlight that and figure this collection is one to watch uh, given the trout art connection there. Earlier, Reticulum by Harvey Rayner. It's honestly a little bit difficult to find the project as it was released through Grails 3. But this is, in my opinion, an amazing entry point into Harvey's work. Right now, you see on screen, it's a 4 or 1.48 floor with kind of 2 ETH being the, uh, the, the, the good resistance for it. But I mean, 150 piece Harvey Rayner collection, I mean, for under 2 ETH makes sense to me. And I think some of the outputs are absolutely stunning. Uh, honestly, I think that uh, I was looking at one that was like almost had this golden hue and then a really great collector came in and picked it up. So overall, I think that the variation is beautiful. You look into, if you click into some of them, they're just absolutely stunning. Um, the, yeah. the amount of detail in there. I almost look at this as like a constellation, but, you know, P often talks about this, the, the, generative code behind the colors behind it you can see it pop out again when you look at something like the vellum you know a five to six eth floor and only 100 pieces and this is sitting below two feels like a a good opportunity if you're into it um and again kudos to harvey for releasing very beautiful work yes 100 percent. i love this collection and honestly love everything harvey does so huge fan of that the last art I wanted to highlight here 
was AI Art is Not Art by Claire Silver. So we mentioned at the top of the show, the collection Genesis doing really well. That's by Claire Silver, considered by many to be the top AI artist early in the AI artist days, but she has really been a, a pioneer. And this collection is shot up a lot to seven and a half ether floor. AI art is again, really, really hot, but 475 pieces, you know, it's just one to worth keep an eye on. I, I am very hesitant to say this isn't good investment at seven and a half ether. It's just a lot of money, especially as ether is going up. But I do think it's worth keeping on your radar and seeing how clear silver progresses as this art is quite beautiful. And unlike all AI art collections, it does seem like there's a nice thread of consistency throughout the pieces. So this is one to highlight and keep an eye on. Charts. You want to take us home, Jared? Charts. My favorite part, other than the squiggle update. Uh, this is um, the Fontana project by Harvey Rayner. Common theme for today's posting. But, you know, with the a couple sales uh, going in, you can see in ETH terms, the, the project is retraced back to that five ETH territory, which has been a really, I'll call it strong point of support and resistance in the uh, the project. Kudos to UP for bringing this one up for our art to watch today. I'm really fascinated um, by the fact that uh, the floor, you know, the floor depth is at 10 right now before a 50% increase and you know, the, we always talk about the market cap and cost basis chart. It's pulling back to being pretty darn close. And you, you can see historically it gets close, but it never breaks through. And I feel like it's getting close right now. It feels like a, a good opportunity. So just as, uh, as we've pointed out in the past, if you're in the market for a Fontana, now could be a really good time to uh, dip your toes and start to see if um, this is something that, that is intriguing. I mean, I'm just going on article right now. It's a five ETH floor right now. So, and there's a lot of, a lot of listings between there and there and seven. A lot of them I think are very attractive. Uh, so if you're inclined, feel free to drop some ETH bids. Maybe you can, you can lock one in. Uh, it just, it feels like there's a, a good entry point here and it's a collection that's so well loved. Both the, uh, the analytics, the charts, and the community seem to have alignment. And that's that's always a great spot to be in. Right. And and for people who are thinking about this potentially as an investment, um, as we said at the top of the show, that we, I at least, I won't speak for Jared, I think that liquidity could be entering the market in the next couple of months, hopefully sooner. So if you do buy something like this, I would say try to aim for at least a couple months time horizon here. I don't think you're going to get a quick flip out of it, but the chart does look good and is prime for uh, a bit of a, a longer or medium to long-term play in my opinion. Well, that's our show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We are at collectors underscore X, Y, Z. We appreciate you. We'll be back here next week. Take a look out for our tweet thread with everything we talked about. And then the newsletter with extra stories. So until next week, we appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms.
platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.